Hey, what up everybody? Alex Kapitko here and I'm back. Been putting out a lot of content in the last 24 hours and first and foremost, I want to thank you guys. Um, listenership has been really good for the Prigozhin Sahel episode, so I appreciate the turnout on that, and I think the debate episode is also doing fairly well. So, as always, tell your friends, spread the word. I can't express to you enough how much that helps me, how much that means so much to me, and how much I think that can really help going down the road. That being said, today... I want to talk about Trump on Tucker on Twitter, or X, but it it sounds better if I say Trump on Tucker on Twitter, the triple T, and I just want to go through this kind of pseudo-alternative broadcasting that happened during the Fox News debate. You have Trump, who hates Fox News now because he thinks they're after him, even though they're still positive about him. I would say, like half at least, maybe even three quarters of Fox News supports Donald Trump. But Trump thinks they're after him because they, you know, told the truth. I'll never forget Brett Bayer and them called Arizona for Biden. And I don't think Trump will ever get over that from the 2020 election. You also have Tucker, who is on X. <sighs> X. <laughs> it sounds so bad when I say it. But Tucker's on X. Tucker obviously hates Fox News as well. So you have two guys that hate Fox News doing counter-broadcasting during the Fox News debate yesterday. And so I want to cover some of the talking points that happened. I'm going to play some clips and then respond to them. I'm going to go out of order. But I I think this was a very unique 45 to 50 minutes. I forget exactly how long this was. They're in Bedminster, Tucker, Trump. Uh, You guys are going to be surprised to hear that Tucker did not ask any hard-hitting questions. He just did his confused journalist face did his like joker laugh <laughs> a few times and then let Trump spew bullshit. Tucker at one point claimed he's not a conspiracy theorist and then went into like five different conspiracies. We learned that Trump actually thinks Epstein killed himself and we learned not surprisingly that Tucker thinks Epstein was killed. I'm not going to I'm not going down that rabbit hole tonight, but it was just interesting. But first I want to start by going over Probably the most pressing issue, Trump and Tucker break down and solve water pressure. Guys, they solve water pressure, something that I think keeps us all up at night, something bigger than inflation, the war in Ukraine, political division, Hunter Biden's laptop. This supersedes all of them. So let's hear their takedown and problem solving of the most pressing issue of our time, water pressure. You turn it on, no water comes out. No water comes out of the shower. No water is allowed to go into the washing machine for your dishes or for your clothing or what. And I avoided all of that. Wait, they have sinks where no water comes sure, out? Sure, you have restrictors. When I say no water, very little water, you want to wash your hands, right? Yeah. And you t- you've seen this. And you turn on the sink and it's very little. Uh, or you want to wash your beautiful hair, right? And... You're standing under a shower. Then the suds never go. If the water comes out very slowly, I'm sure you've seen this. It usually takes place in new hotels and new homes. Yeah, you take a drill and take the they have limiter a res- out. Well, you can, but now they make it so you can't do that so easily. They have a restrictor. It's called a restrictor. And it restricts the water from coming out. So I ended all of that. And you have to see these. They, they let the water come out. 
Uh, they go on a little bit, but, you know, I do have to connect with this because, I'm not going to lie, I've been in a lot of public bathrooms, and sometimes the automatic water dispenser just doesn't give you enough soap, I or, or water, and sometimes you want, uh, you know, a paper towel dispenser, and you get hot air blown at you. I actually could rant about this for all of eternity. I've spent a lot of time in airports, foreign and domestic, and airports always have limited water pressure limited soap, and you always have to grab the door to get out of the bathroom after you washed your hands, and it's kind of counterproductive, right? But I just find it fascinating. I mean, at first we heard Trump talking about toilet pressure, and then we learned he was flushing documents literally down the toilet. Look, all jokes aside, what I will say is that I think what Trump's getting at is that environmentalists are trying to save water. I That's what I would decode from his constant attacks on regulators or whatever he fucking calls them. I, I think that he is angry about the fact that there are people trying to limit public sinks. <laughs> of course, Trump, I, I'm assuming, Bedminster, Mar-a-Lago, his residence is generally speaking. I don't know if he's the man of the people who has to worry about using public bathrooms and worrying about water pressure. But anyways, he talks about this a lot. And you can, you're, you're not seeing the video, but in the video on X, Tucker just looks just vehemently confused, and I love it. Anyways, this was a really interesting conversation. I want to get into some of his attacks on Biden, some of his troubling reminiscence of why he thinks Mike Pence should have overturned the election. But first, I feel like Trump just can't move on from January 6th. So he spends a lot of time talking about January 6th. Let's start with that legislature to the legislatures, you know, in Wisconsin, let's say. But, but why didn't he? I mean, you, you'd worked together for four years. You're the president. He's VP. You're, uh, you say you're aligned on everything. I think he got very bad advice. I, I really do. Now, let me tell you what happened. I sat there with a few people. I think his lawyer was in the room, too. His lawyer was very much against it. There were other lawyers that felt you could do it. It was, it was one of those things. You probably, I think you could have done it. I think you can always do something if you see fraud or if you see problems. But it's very interesting. So after the election was over, the rhinos got together with the Democrats and they redid the election so you couldn't do it anymore. So then I called the people. I said, so in other words, you're saying I was right. You could do it. Yes, you could do it. In other words, they took the voting act and they redid it. So the vice president no longer has the power to do what I said he could do. So when that happened, I said, wow, so, and you know, you'd look some of these Democrats in the eye and they'd say, he has absolutely no right to do it. And immediately after the election, they met rhinos, could name them all, and Democrats, and they approved legislation that takes away the right of the vice president to do it. So I said, ah, so you're saying I was right. The vice president did have the right to do it, and they said, yes, he did. So Okay, so first off, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Trump seems kind of low energy. And, okay, I'm going to put something out here before we get into my analysis of that. Guys, Trump is in the basement. Do you remember how Joe Biden, the criticism of Joe Biden in the 2020 election was that he was always in the basement, he wasn't going out and debating, he was doing interviews from the basement or, you know, uh, zooming in 
all that type of stuff, and everyone says he never got out there and talked. Well, the ironic thing here is that Trump is doing the same thing. Trump is clearly visually tired. He's being bogged down by these current indictments. Obviously, he just checked in for his arrest in Fulton County. The mugshot's out. Like, Trump is having a shit ton of things happening right now. And he's not showing up to debates. He is doing interviews like this. He is doing a lot of radio shows. Trump is doing Joe Biden. He is in his basement. And I just noticed during this whole tr- the, this whole Tucker on Twitter thing, Trump seems depleted and low energy, and now he's in his basement. And I think that's why this whole Tucker thing, to me, seems like a lot of projection. He's calling Biden out on a lot of things that I think are probably true about him as well. And as you guys know, I voted for Biden. I would probably vote for him again. I think he's been fairly milk toast. I don't understand the comparisons between him and Donald Trump. I don't think they're the same evil. I think tr- Trump is just objectively more dangerous than Joe Biden is. But I think Trump is actually like projecting a lot of his problems onto Biden. And I'll get into more examples later. But it just seems like he he is becoming that kind of secluded front runner who doesn't want to debate, much like Joe Biden is doing right now, by the way. But anyways, getting back to this, he is ranting about how Mike Pence could have done it. He had the wrong advice. Guys, let's flip that around again, talking about projection. Trump, I think, had the wrong advice. We are learning more and more about the tragedy of Rudy Giuliani, the insanity of Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, just to name a few. I think these people were delusional but also wanted to be inside of Trump's network. They wanted to be the yes men and women, and they wanted to have influence. So they kept basically saying yes to him and giving him improper advice to keep his hopes alive. John Eastman was almost like reverse engineering legal theories that maybe would work for what Trump wanted. I'm not a lawyer, but you don't want to reverse engineer legal theories around what the future defendant at this time wants. And so it's insane to me that, like, to hear Trump basically admit that he was talking to Pence, pressuring Pence, but Pence had the wrong advice. And part of me, this, like, part of this sounds to me like this is probably going to be Trump's defense. If it is, it's weak, but it's fascinating to hear. Now, I don't want to make this episode long, put out a lot of content already today and yesterday, but I think there's an interesting part of this is that. Tucker really (laughs) takes one for the Trump team and gets into some pretty wacky conspiracies in this. He, I don't have this part, uh, I, I had trouble finding it and time was short, but Tucker basically asks Trump, like, are, like, do you feel threatened? He says something to the effect of, do you think they're gonna try to kill you? And I don't know exactly who he's alluding to. Guys, there are clips online, you will find it. I think Tucker is alluding to, like, you know, the DA, the Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, Jack Smith, the Manhattan folk. They are all after you. Maybe will the Democrats try to kill you next? Like, they're already going after you judicially, so will they try to go after you extra judicially? And it's a pretty insane thing. And actually, earlier in the interview, Truck, uh, trucker, <laughs> I wish his name was Trucker. Trucker Carlson's a fun name, but Tucker Carlson basically says, I'm no conspiracy theorist. But then he goes into like five conspiracies in the next five minutes. But anyways, Tucker basically is asking Trump, are the Democrats going to try to kill you? Which is a pretty insane conspiracy. 
But Trump then goes into their vile people, they're dangerous, they're awful. And then he talks about how basically January 6th was like a picnic where his supporters were celebrating freedom and hope and democracy and the media didn't cover it correctly. He doesn't talk about the cops that were killed and the beatings and the violence and the trauma and the fact that literally elected officials were running for their lives. He doesn't talk about any of that, but it was kind of a freedom breakfast. Like, you know, on the 4th of July where fire departments and police departments sometimes have that pancake breakfast? Trump is kind of basically saying that's what January 6th was, which is just fucking insane. And again, like the people that equate Trump and Biden say they're both bad, I hate both sides of it. No, guys. Biden's not downplaying a coup attempt that led to officers either dying by suicide or by a mad riot. But anyways, I want to play this clip because it's a prelude to all that where Trump, I think Trump is, like, like Tucker asked Trump about a civil war. And Trump says, you know, I want to be the president for Democrats and Republicans. Most Democrats are good people, blah, 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 blah. That's nice. I like that rhetoric. But we have to remember that Trump's four years were basically defined on demonization. The other people are bad. If you guys have been following Trump at all recently, he's talking about retribution, how the worst enemies are not Russia. It's not Saudi Arabia. It's not China. It's the deep state. It's the Democrats. It's the Clintons. It's George Soros. It's those type of people. So it's hard for me to believe that he's actually the unity candidate when his language is so divisive against the other party. But he goes on like a two, one and a half, two minute rant here about how he was liked, how the people understand what's happening, and anger is boiling over. So I'm going to play that really quick. Bear with me. But I think it's an interesting take from him that, again, he can't move on from January 6th. His ego is clearly his enemy, but it's also kind of fascinating, I guess I would say. I ran in 16, which was 15, but I ran in 16, election in 16, and there was tremendous spirit. Uh, in 20, there was even more spirit. We got many millions of, we got millions and millions more votes. You know, it wasn't even a contest. People said, well, what do you think of 20? I said, we did much better. We did. You got to base it on the number of votes. We got many more votes in 20 than we did in 16. But the election was rigged. It was a rigged election. But, and with COVID, they use COVID to cheat in a lot of different things. And we have so much on it. It's like so easy. But we had judges that didn't want to look. We had people didn't want to get involved. They said they could. You, he's a conspiracy theorist if you say anything about the election. But I have never seen spirit like there is right now. Even coming down here, just the people on the road that are just absolutely going crazy. And the reason is, I think they like me, and I, I know they love my policies. I hope they like me too. You know, a lot of people say they don't like me, but they like my. I think they like me, but. I have never seen spirit like it is right now. And the reason is because crooked Joe Biden is so bad. He's the worst president in the history of our country. I don't think he's going to make it to the gate, but, you know, you never know. But he's a corrupt person, so corrupt that I took the name off Hillary. You know, I don't do two people at one time. I took the crooked Hillary and I made it. I retired the name. It was a good day for her. I bet she was very happy. (laughs) And I used it for Joe because it's crooked Joe. But Joe is really... But you don't think he's going to make it to November of 20? Well, I, I think he's worse uh, mentally than he is physically. And physically, he's not exactly uh, a triathlete or any kind of an athlete. You look at him, he can't walk to the helicopter. He, he walks. He can't lift his feet out of the grass. You know, it's only two inches at the White House, right? That's not a lot. But you watch him, and it looks like he's walking on toothpicks. 
and then you see him in the beach where he can't lift a chair. You know, those chairs are meant to be light, right? They're like two ounces. Yeah. You lift them up. He can't lift the chair. He can't walk to the chair. And I, I don't know what they're doing with the beach. You know, this beach is seeming to play a big role, but they love pictures <laughs> of him on the beach. I think he looks terrible on the beach. He looks terrible on the Skinny beach. Skinny legs. Well, he can't walk through the sand. You know, sand yeah. is not that easy to walk through, but when he walks through it, he can't walk through the sand. And there's somebody in there that thinks he looks fabulous at the beach. I think he looks horrible at the beach. So, I mean, there are, there are so many things to dive into here. I mean, first off, I think he is playing into, uh, bear with me, but I think he's diving into that Richmond, north of Richmond vibe in the first half where he sees people on the streets that are confused, they're angry, they want him, but the D.C. elites want something different. And then he goes into talking about Biden's health, and I've talked with friends about this, but I don't know if I've really talked about it much on the podcast, so I'll talk about it now. There's an interesting dynamic that Trump always, and Trump supporters and a lot of conservatives bring up, and it's that Biden is weak, he's fragile, and he's incompetent. But then at the same time, him and others around him are controlling a crime syndicate. He's corrupt, he is on top of everything, and he's a vicious criminal. Look, you can't call someone decrepit and incompetent and then also say that they're basically controlling everything and they're corrupt. Honestly, if you wanted to put on your tinfoil hat for a minute, you could even say Hillary would fit Trump's conspiracies more than Biden, right? Like, she was much more competent and together and upfront than Biden is, mainly because I think Biden is, is too old. I, think, I don't think that's really much of a debate. But it's just kind of funny that, that the Republicans want to blame Biden for being, you know, old, decrepit. He has dementia. He's useless. But then also he's leading a crime family. And then Trump is saying on top of that, people are mad. They're angry. There's a lot of unrest. It's just a fascinating contradiction that's really actually been very poignant. And it's really sticking amongst even moderates, even some kind of contrarian Democrats. And it's fascinating to me because none of it really makes sense when you think about it for very long. But it works. It works because I think when people see Trump, he's energized, he's good at attacking. And Biden's never been a good public speaker, and he's still not. I also do love the projection again. You know, he's talking about how Biden can't walk at the beach. He's always at the beach. Which, by the way, I, I think Biden should probably spend less time at the beach. Especially talking about some of these disasters recently and just kind of the state of the country and the international order right now. But that aside, Biden is going to Hawaii. He cut his Lake Tahoe trip short. Blah, 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 blah. But I, I do think there's some projection here is because... Yeah, they always joke about Biden looking frail, but I mean, Trump's, you know, struggled to hold up a glass of water. Trump has also needed help going down an escalator, going down a ramp. There's some great videos on YouTube um, about Trump versus ramp, which I recommend people check out. There's some really fun remixes out there, but either ways, again, I think this is projection at its finest once again. Now, I think one of the more interesting parts of this is when... Trump talks to Tucker about Biden and Kamala Harris. 
And Trump seems to think that Biden will not make it and that there's going to be some sort of meeting of the minds, something to that effect, where basically they're going to pick someone else. He talks about several candidates. He actually mentions that he thinks Gavin Newsom, ironically, and this is something that's actually true, is that Trump and Newsom actually got along pretty well. I don't know if it's because Newsom was married to Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend. I don't know. I'm I'm not a tabloid. I'm not going to get into that speculation. But it is interesting to me that Trump and Newsom actually had a pretty effective relationship where, you know, Trump actually gave California the aid. He visited California during the fires. The two actually could meet and talk. It's one of the less talked about but more fascinating stories. But anyways... Trump seems to think that there is going to be somewhat of an open primary and Biden's not going to be the nominee. So let me play the first part of this, then we'll play the second part. But he rightfully, I think in some ways, and this is probably my favorite part of this. I I hate it when I agree with Trump, but this part I maybe do is where he criticizes Kamala Harris for just being almost afraid of her own shadow and talking in word salads. And he gets a cackle out of Tucker. He actually got a laugh out of me. I was at work in the office, so I hope the other people in the operating center were were not annoyed by my laughter earlier. But I found this funny. But he goes into Kamala Harris's big problem, and yeah, we'll, we'll get to it after. Some moments are almost as bad as his. I think his are worse, actually. Yeah, but she seems pretty senile too. She speaks in uh, in rhyme. You know, it's weird. It's weird. But she has bad moments and- In rhyme? What do you- Well, the way she talks, the bus will go here and then the bus will go there because that's what buses do. And it's weird, the whole thing is weird. This is not a president of the United States future. And uh, I think they probably have some kind of a primary and other people will get involved. I'm Newsom, right? I mean, could that's- be, Could be, I mean, you know, I always got along well with him, believe it or not, but could be him, could be somebody else. He's got a big, a big load on his shoulders because you look at California, what's happened. But I don't know if the American people really, the people that vote for him, I don't even know if they care. You know, you look at so many of the things that are going on and people don't seem to be, in the old days, if you had a bad record, it meant a lot. Today, if you have a bad record, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, he looks good. He's a nice looking guy, speaks well. But Biden, every time you watch him talking, it's like he's walking on eggs. You're waiting for him to collapse. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the waiting to collapse part, but I think, I mean, the most obvious thing here is that Gavin Newsom is a handsome, productive gentleman, and Trump Trump likes the optics. Trump has always been infatuated with the optics of a leader. And look, like Gavin Newsom or not, he looks like a president, and I think Trump connects with that on a weird level. And I think that is partially why Trump is like, yeah, yeah, Gavin Newsom, like it or not, we got along, blah, 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 blah. But I I actually think that this is a very interesting analysis from Trump that I don't particularly love or hate. First off, I mean, the left has also made fun of Kamala Harris talking about, you know, for example, we're in a moment and in this moment of time, it's a moment. Like, she parallels the vice president in Veep, whose name's escaping my mind right now, very well. And I think a lot of people see that, you know, I, I personally think Kamala Harris is probably very sharp and very articulate and 
a, a good speaker, but I think she's so afraid to just step on her own shadow that she's she has the yips. And it seems very obvious, but I think Trump respects Newsom in a weird way. And and this gets, I mean, without psychoanalyzing this too much, we'll get to a clip a little bit later where, you know, Trump again says the Sanctus is already done. We also know that Newsom is debating DeSantis in November. And I just think Trump has this weird respect for people that also look the part. And DeSantis looks the part. It's a fascinating kind of character analysis, metaphysical analysis into what Trump actually looks for in his allies. And, you know, I, I, I've talked about Newsom going on shows and really showing that he does, I think, have what it takes to be the Democratic nominee. But the problem is, is that it's going to be Biden and it's getting a little late to have these conversations. So weirdly enough, for once, I see myself agreeing with Trump in a sense. I don't agree with him that, you know, he's this strong leader that everyone loves and that Biden's weak. But I do think that he understands that the Democrats would like to have someone else if they could, but they're stuck. And as we're getting closer and closer to all of this, to 2024, I think we have passed that moment where there's going to be an open primary unless something happens, and I pray it doesn't. I personally, and I think if you guys listen, you know, I like Joe Biden. I'm not crazy about Joe Biden. I'm not going to wear a Joe Biden shirt. I'm not a Joe Biden stan. But I think he's done better than expected, and I, I just have never understand the equivalence that a lot of people put towards him and Trump. But I think Trump's analysis would be more correct a year ago, but now it just seems too late to really replace Biden. I, I will say that I like this interview because they get into Jeffrey Epstein. Once again, it's late. I'm too lazy to go back and find the clip. I tried to find it, but New York Magazine has kind of a good breakdown of this. And it talks about how Tucker basically asked Trump if he thinks Jeffrey Epstein, who was a definitely a sex trafficker, whether he killed himself. And Trump says, I don't know. And of course, we have to know that Trump was friends with Epstein prior to the arrests. Carlson goes out to claim that Gen like Attorney General Bill Barr, Trump's Attorney General, covered this up following Epstein's death, made it look like he killed himself. And Trump goes out to say Bill Barr didn't do an investigation on the election fraud either. Of course, you know, talking about the election, while Tucker's trying to get into his conspiracies, because while Tucker claims to not be a conspiracy theorist, I don't think he's seen a conspiracy that he doesn't at least want to look into, do his own research on. And Carlson prods Trump, and Trump says maybe it was possible that Epstein was killed. But I think it's actually interesting here, and it shows, again, even the breakdown in the conspiratorial MAGA side, where Trump says that, in quotes, I think he probably committed suicide. Life with beautiful homes, beautiful everything, and all of a sudden he's incarcerated and not doing well. He knew a lot about a lot of people. And I think Trump genuinely thinks Epstein killed himself. And, I mean, I'm all over the place on that. But I actually think that Trump, again, provides us with a pretty interesting commentary. Of course, Carlson insisted that Epstein was killed. He says, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but if you look at the evidence, blah, blah, blah. I just find it interesting. And I, I tweeted, or <laughs> x what is it, zeded this earlier. Let me read you guys my zeet, because I think it sums up my thoughts on this entire fucking thing. Here, here's what I said. Trump on Tucker on Twitter. 
answered some tough questions like why your water pressure is low, why Biden is shirtless at the beach, and why Trump doesn't like walking in the sand. Vintage Trump plus vintage Tucker equals crazy fun. Then I also zeded later, Tucker also questioned whether Democrats would kill Trump. Trump called them vile and then also admitted he thinks Epstein killed himself. That's how I feel about all of this, is that it was really telling, I think, because even Trump kind of has his guardrails, which tells me a lot about Tucker. And I think we just need to step back and kind of wonder, like, why are they even doing this? I was wondering that. But then I looked at the numbers and within what? It's been about 24 hours, a little over 24 hours since this aired. 300 million views. I think it was views on on X. Like this is probably one of the most viewed things on X right now. At least in the time period since it was released. And look, I mean... I don't think this is Tucker's future. I don't think he'll ever get the same views that he got on Fox News. I think he'd be lying to himself if he thought that. But this was counterproduction during the debate. But but I also feel like it's weird to see Trump, who's been banned on Twitter, back on Twitter, hasn't tweeted or zeded. Tucker, who's been banned on Fox News... They're together during the Fox News debate. And I learned nothing from this other than that, you know, Trump looks tired, older. His hair is actually grayer than it's ever been. And weirdly enough, he sounded crazy, but but not, not as angry. And Tucker actually, I think, took the, took the trophy for being the crazier one here. And that takes a lot for me to say. But I just wonder, Trump continues to be the front runner. Like, what happens here? What happens next? I'm just going to end with that question to you guys. Like, what happens here? Trump thinks the, Democrat, the, the Democratic Party is vile. He thinks January 6th was like a freedom picnic of love that was just misrepresented. <laughs> He thinks that Biden's going to die any day. He thinks that he's still the president, that Mike Pence is a traitor. I don't know. I don't know, but it's, 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 it's just confusing to me. Because th- this just doesn't seem like a guy that could lead the country. I don't buy the madman theory arguments about how he would have stopped a war. He, I don't think Trump could stop anything right now. He can't even stop his own allies from basically testifying against him. I'm going to end, though, with something that makes my heart happy. It's Trump calling out Rob DeSanctis. Uh, DeSanctis is out. I think he's gone. So he was, he was at a level. He's, people have figured him out. He's gone. But if somebody else got in other than me, they'll go at him just as viciously as they did me. These people are sick. Uh, they will go after them. And a lot of people say they won't be able to hold up. I do get credit for holding up quite well, I must tell you. I think it's... Uh, How do you do that? How do you get indicted, you know, every week and stay I cheerful? It's, uh, I think it, it's a lot easier because I'm, I'm so high in the polls because it means the people get it. The people see it's a fraud. 
You know what it is? I can answer Tucker's question. It's because Trump is delusional and he's an egomaniac and he's going to keep fighting this until the day he dies. That's what it is. But I, I, I think he's, I, I actually do think that he's right that the movement he's created, no matter who comes next, it's going to be a partisan shit show. And I'll say that I didn't mention this in the debate recap yesterday, but one thing that was nice, maybe if Vivek wasn't there, was that the other candidates actually kind of seemed like pre-Trump. I would not shed a tear if we went back to kind of a pre-Trump era. I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Anyways, you guys can find me on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. You guys know the rest. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. I am going to be testing a new countdown series starting this Sunday. And it's going to be basically a countdown, top 10 countdown, every Sunday where I find a pop culture topic and count down something within it related to politics. So the first episode is going to be my top 10 James Bond movies related to the, the plot being an intricate political narrative. What James Bond movies have the best political backdrop? Top 10. Here we go. Anyways, take care. I'm out.